Oh, well. You know, it's, it, it feels off. We're recording a day early, Greg. We are recording like, a day early. You know, I don't even know where I am right now. I don't now. know. Coming <laughs> here on a Monday, it just yeah. didn't make sense to me. It just uh, The it, roads look different. It does. It's like, you the know. Entrance the entrance was closed. The sun's not shining quite as bright as it normally does in Burbank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just a little off. Yeah, I don't know. All I the, felt off. All the colors. It's everything. Just, it's, I don't know. People's Can't put my finger on it. People's heads were different. Yeah, it was yeah. insane. I just couldn't quite. It's fig- night. It's not sight time. <laughs> all right, it's all getting changed up. Yeah, episode four thirty one. Everybody, this is pretty exciting. We got a lot of movies we're going to talk about. You know, we um we did a streaming binge on movies this uh yeah this we did. week we did. We're going to be talking about like Father, Flavors of Youth, uh, Batman versus Two Face, and we even get to Batman and Harley Quinn. Oh. So, and uh, we may or may not talk about Mission Impossible. We're not sure. There's been some dispute of whether or not we've spoken about it or not, and uh, whether or not we've seen it. <laughs> I, it's um, pretty sure I saw it, but I can't. <laughs> we can either confirm or deny I that I, we've uh, seen it or not seen know. it, nor have we uh, spoken or not spoken about it. So it's it's a mystery. If I were to have said yeah. knowledge of such film, it's I enti- don't know I would be disposed to be allowed to. It's entirely discuss. possible that um, we were about to speak about it, and then our memories were wiped by right. a secret government agency, sure. and we weren't allowed to speak about I'm it I'm giving anymore. a vague, cryptic secret agency <laughs> response so that I can't be pinned down for anything. Right. You know, confirm or deny. I don't, can't do either. If it was to have been a movie that yeah. said, said person might have seen in such environments, I yeah. cannot confirm or deny that I was or was not there. No such agency. <laughs> Halfway to 862, yeah. you guys. Very excited. Well, we uh, we always like to have... Um, well, first... Thanks, everybody who came out yes, to Dynasty Typewriter. Uh, that was a fun show. That's exactly show. what I was trying to say with all the wrong words. I saw, yes. I saw you going down a Yeah, a I was direction. like, yeah, oh, that's exactly what I want to say. I was like, Chris, don't incorrectly. do it. Incorrectly. Don't do it. Um, yeah, it was a fun show. Thanks for everybody really who came fun. out. Gareth Reynolds and Eric uh, Griffin did a great job. Uh, we put Beautiful the, space. Beautiful. I love that mm-hmm. theater. What Jamie and Vanessa have done with that theater mm-hmm. is so awesome. And it's really cool if you are if you live in LA, obviously. But if even if you're coming to visit, go check out. The, they're doing really cool programming. It's this really amazing like alternative comedy venue. It's a it's a theater that was built in the 20s, mm-hmm. so it's you know intimate. But they actually sunk some money into restoring it, so the, it's yeah, like the, you know, the seats are comfortable. It's it's a really well put together, but kept the theater. charm of it. Kept the charm exactly. Uh, just mm-hmm. and the staff was really cool. It was really mm-hmm. I, I cannot say enough. And they're doing cool stuff like you can be a member where you can mm-hmm. just go to unlimited shows. And I think there's mm-hmm. sort of a another tier of membership where you get sort of discounted tickets. It's a blast. Um, that Mexican restaurant next to it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. So check it out. We put the episode, I put the audio for the episode up at the Patreon. So if you're a $10 Patreon member, you get the full audio from that episode. What? Bonus content, Graham? Bonus content. Yeah. That's Be- what Patreon's all about. We really appreciate you guys uh, supporting the Patreon. It really helps pay our bills and keep us going. So we want to, whenever we have extra content, we want to give it to you guys yeah. first. Um, so, and also it's retroactive. Like if you become a patron... Next month, you get access to all that previous content. All the back content. content. Mm-hmm. Back catalog. So it's not like, oh, well, I missed it. I'm like, no, no, you still, you no, can still you get it. you did not miss it. Yeah. It's archived. <laughs> That's the, I was looking for that word. I couldn't find it. It just seems too expensive. Eventually, you and I will get the right word, but never together. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, let's introduce our guests, first-time yes. guests. And uh, we always like to mix it up. You know, a lot of times we have um, comedians on. We have actors, mm-hmm. producers, but... We always love to have independent filmmakers on. So it's really exciting because we want to always support their work and support what's going on in uh, indie film. 
And, and we uh, know what going into debt is all about yes, to make a movie. and we understand. You know, <laughs> or having financiers go into debt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it, uh, hmm, do we get gels for the camera or do I pay my car payment? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Stuff like that. Those kind um, of questions. The, uh, the filmmakers behind the, mil- the uh, movie The Black Cat, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Grant Gary and Peter Pardini. Hello. Hi. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So tell us about this movie mm-hmm. where people can see it. Because I know we've had like Jimmy Pardo's in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm did, in it. You're in it. I'm in it. How'd the shooter do? Jimmy Pardo. Oh, J- Jimmy was great. <laughs> he's, <laughs> awful. he's awful. Well, Peter, <laughs> he, um, there's a story. He touched my shoulder recently. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Pardo no, did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually came to one of our, it showed at the Lemley in, in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy came to that that showing and remember he sat like right behind us by himself yeah. the whole time and then right as the credits rolled we get a both of us get a tap and a great job guys <laughs> and then he just darted out the only way you'd know he was there during the movie was the, right. the random <laughs> in the background <laughs> and then he was gone but peter knew peter knew jimmy from a previous project and just asked him yeah we were we wanted to make a movie for cheap and there aren't a lot of ways to do that, as you guys probably mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. without it looking really bad. Yeah. So we came up with the idea that we should do like a kind of like a satirical look at the making of a documentary. And that would allow us to shoot documentary style most of the time if we had right. run out of money, mm-hmm. basically shoot stuff for free. And uh, we ended up shooting a, a whole feature film in 10 days for around $30,000. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and because of the documentary style, we were able to do most of it improvised so we could shoot fake interviews throughout the day. We could shoot narrative scenes with the budget that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we shot on multiple cameras, too. So <clears throat> when you look at the doc, we, there's a lot of B-roll that you see in the film as real scenes, basically. And yeah. then the rest of it is on a, an Alexa, mm-hmm. which is kind of like I like to tell people that's like the main timeline. Right. The narrative feature is on are on those, and then you see all the other stuff and all the other footage. Yeah. So, so then, the, did you guys? Yeah. So, so how uh, in depth was the script? Did you just sort of say like, did you kind of come in loose like, well, this scene we want to kind of talk about these things and let the improvisers go? Or well, we had um, we had developed the story together so that we, the two of us, knew exactly where it was going. Um, so the first shoot that we did, we did most of the interviews. So the movie's mm-hmm. about this like adult child who's making a a documentary and he has no clue what he's doing and his mother his billionaire mother who we never see in the movie is financing it and he's trying to make his own true crime documentary because he knows he is an acquaintance of an actor who was accused Mm. of a crime like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and so he's trying to make this thing to prove to his mother that he's a worthy human being and so what we did was during the interviews he plays the actor and Basically, we just had backstories for every single person in the movie. And then when they came into those interviews, they were answering questions based on what they knew about themselves, not on a script. Yeah, so Peter would print print Mm -hmm. up like a one-page story for that character, and he'd Mm -hmm. hand it to the actor or email it to them or whatever. Mm -hmm. They'd read it. They'd get to know their character. Mm -hmm. And then they'd actually be interviewed as the character. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because most of the mockumentaries that you see unless they're like Christopher Guest or, you know, Spinal Tap or whatever, they, I can't stand when the mockumentary is like scripted and mm-hmm. you can tell they're hitting a, a beat at the end right. of the line. So we wanted it to kind of be awkward and feel as realistic as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, did you guys kickstart? Like, uh, how did you? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we did a yeah, mm-hmm. yeah one of those Indiegogo. Indiegogo, Indiegogo, yeah, yeah. Um, and got enough to for, shoot it. We aimed mm-hmm. for seventy-five thousand, but only got right. thirty. But yeah. that's like because hey, uh, you got the movie shot. Yeah. That's well, the that was the, thing. that was yeah. the other thing. We kind of had a rule, and I think we did it on our last previous project too, which was uh, we always said not making it's not an option. So we just adjusted the budget to mm-hmm. fit our needs, and we knew from the beginning we were probably gonna be shooting on those two different mediums to keep costs down anyway. Mm. So it was kind of easier once it got to it. And there was stuff that just the two of us shot together. Yeah. Okay. You, know, mm-hmm. you Little hear fillers for story and stuff. We I heard, <clears throat> I heard once or twice cause I looked it up again um, that James Cameron shot that one scene in Terminator where he, he first gets there's walking across the street and he break and it was just him and Arnold, no permits, no nothing. It was just him behind the camera because it was like the last thing they never shot. Mm-hmm. And they just showed up one day to some street in LA. <laughs> and so... I there wouldn't were... be surprised to see James Cameron with a 35-millimeter camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... But, but... Did, he, did he built? Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. So yeah. there was a few stuff that... I know there was a day part of the shooting where like, it was just Peter and I mm-hmm. uh, just to get some stuff, fillers... Yeah, like the you, the old clip of Robert Pattinson sitting in his car where the paparazzi won't leave, and he's just literally sitting there for like four <laughs> hours, and he's like, I'm not going to leave. And we, so we went and shot something, stuff like that, where it mm-hmm. would be like behind a camera filming him across the street sitting in a car because mm-hmm. you can just go do that for nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> the movie ended up being, I mean, shot it in 10 days, 85 minutes, so it's, it's a, a full feature. Where did you shoot most of it? Fresno. California, which is our hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, we love we love Fresno. Don't don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy though, because they. I mean, we told them we were going to be filming there, but nobody ever stopped us. Like we were on the mm-hmm. street corner. No, there's them. like yeah, there's a. Fres- oh, did you register the project with the Fresno Film Office? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a Fresno yeah, Film Commission. Every city's got one. Which I, mm-hmm. which I, I still have never been to, and I imagine it's just a. Mm-hmm. Desk I don't think it's somewhere. a place. Yeah, it's, it's a PO box. Yeah, or something yeah. Like yeah. That <laughs> in the strip mall. We'll get back to you in a couple of years. But they have mm-hmm. they have an email address, and they say. Uh, I tell them we're filming there, and they say, "Okay, great. We'll let the major cross streets, the people in that area, know." And then you never hear anything else. <laughs> Their claim to fame is that they they uh, were part of a deleted scene from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> but we we were on this street corner with this huge Alexa, like filming, and cops are going by, and no one's stopping. And it's like we would have we would have already been fined like we thirty thousand fil- oh, dollars yeah. if we were here in LA. Yeah, yeah. We were filming in a part of town that was kind of like uh, if you walk up and down Melrose here, you get a lot of. Uh, interesting characters and so i remember there was a few people that walked by that kind of just live on the streets anyway and they're like is that a camera (laughs) (laughs) it is please (laughs) sign this release (laughs) but that's the thing when you shoot in the smaller towns they just they're not they're not even cognizant that they need to crack down on Mm. production it's a lot of pointing yeah they just don't know what's going but on. But we were also pretty. Sl- our crew was very sl- like we didn't. Yeah. It's not. We weren't a big. You know, we had a couple like suburbans with equipment in it. We didn't mm-hmm. have like right, big, right. right. Like yeah. eight people. You yeah. never. You didn't have a grip truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's too rich for our blood. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's uh, that's really cool. And then how? So where, where is it? Where can people see it? Where it's on it? iTunes now. Okay. Yeah. Um. I think today or the rental. I think it's come. Like you can rent it now. I think it's today. One of the, anyway, but it's available. You can purchase it or you can rent it. Uh, 
streaming on iTunes. Through iTunes, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black, uh, Black Cat. Black, Black Cat. Cat, yeah. Very cool. And it was in like 70 film festivals around oh, the world. Nice. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, we, we made the choice to just cold email like 700 film festivals and just mm-hmm. say, hey, we, we have this movie. Here's a little bit about it. We'd love to screen at your festival. Which and some people would say, like, there's a stigma to doing that. I don't, you don't want to, but we had the best of luck with it. Well, we did you seeing... use the services? Did you use, like, Without a Box and all those mm-hmm. places? Or, yeah. did you, or did you go, Film like, freeway. Literally, Film freeway. literally, like, just, I'm getting the festival programmer's email to email them directly. Both. That's I mean, we what did a it was, is you, mm-hmm. you find the email on Without a Box or Film Freeway, and then you message that person. And most of the time, they're like, yeah, send the film. And then we got into probably 70 or 80, and we won over 10 of them mm-hmm. and uh for best best feature yeah our our thought process was it's much better to for a small movie like this to be seen by thousands of people across the country maybe tens of thousands if you're in you know hun- you right over 100 something. film festivals mm-hmm. but then if you're in only if if, if you got into sundance that would obviously be great but at the same time if you don't have the money behind you to promote it at Sundance, you, there's a good chance that only 200 people will see it, and then that's it. So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we found that like I, we were getting emails from people like in the middle of Ohio who would be like, "Oh, I saw a Black Cat at the such and such film festival, and it was great. Tell me when it's out." So yeah, I, they immediately mm-hmm. wanted to know where oh, they could nice. see it again, which was really cool. Because mm-hmm. I I tell people I think it's it's great on a repeat watch mm-hmm. too, because there's a lot of things that you don't know until you're given that information and then watching it again with that info, kind of like the sixth sense well every time <laughs> you play i mean i mean every time you play a film festival it's like a promotional bump i mean that's yeah. you know yeah. that's why you know you play 70 of them it's nice it keeps the uh you know the press and the um well viewers are I mean, viewers. It was in, yeah yeah it was in mm-hmm. france and germany and uh was it greece that it was like we greece. thought we thought it was in the wrong category somehow there. like five film festivals in india mm-hmm. <laughs> oh there you go so we're, we're huge but one in of india. them accepted it into their documentary category and we were like oh really and we were like we're like we're over here it's not a documentary <laughs> and they said we realized that however it had element which one was that it was it was actually one of the bigger there was a there's a fairly big documentary film Greece? festival in chagrin i think oh, yeah. in ohio and i think like colin hanks was opening it that year with his uh the eagles of death metal mm-hmm. documentary he had but that one got we, we even went into imdb and saw that there was I saw that someone had left a review on there and I was like, oh shit. Cause you, you're, you're always worried that like somebody's going to like trash it or something. And that's oh, the yeah. only review. Oh, yeah. that's it's always there. interesting to see when you're so immersed in it, yeah. like what it looks like to a single audience member. How did right. they perceive it? Specifically a single audience member at a film festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has that, no clue yeah. what's coming. Right. Yeah. Right. Speaking of introducing pe- people at film festivals, when we were in the studio city film festival, <laughs> I got to meet, Claudia Wells mm-hmm. from of Back, Back to, to the, the Future, Future. Oh. one mm-hmm. and only one mm-hmm. before she was recast with Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So I so checked that. that I checked that off my fucking <laughs> <laughs> list. So did the Studio City Film Festival. Yeah. yeah. And how is she doing? Is she, yeah. Is, yeah. she is well. She left. Were you there that night? No. She left. Like halfway through, her friend was there or something. She was really sweet. 
by the mm-hmm. way. I just want to mm-hmm. add that. But she had a friend out of town that had to like hop on we a plane. We don't want the Claudia Wells army coming after <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> but no, she's You're active on Twitter. <laughs> she has a store in Studio City that she sells like vintage like clothing. Oh, that's cool. Out, cool. Which is really yeah. cool. And here's the phone number and email. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, so, go to right. iTunes and check out the Black Cat. Absolutely. Now, let's, it's uh, just just so people know, it's it's just Black Cat. Black Cat. If Black you search cat. the Black Cat, it might not come okay. up. Okay, yeah. good to know. Black Cat. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some uh, streaming films we watched. Right. You know, it was a little uh, little slow theatrically. So it was we, a little uh, we slow stream- theatrically. We went, uh, um, we went streaming. Uh, like I've... Father. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. I want to know, did it break the Netflix shitty movie streak? Kind of. Wow. It kind of did. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer for this and I was like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. The premise is she's left at the altar. Mm-hmm. She's a workaholic. Um, her dad, a strange father, is Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey right? Grammer. Mm-hmm. He shows up and uh, shenanigans ensue. And she, there, she was all set to go on this cruise for her honeymoon. So she goes with her dad. No. Doesn't it sound like it could be horrible? Honestly, <laughs> the, way you, the, way, the way you just pitched it sounded kind of charming. <laughs> but, it actually only was. <laughs> but I'm in the middle of Cheers right now, so I'm pretty much in for anything yeah. else. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, and, and, you know, you watch it and you go, there's some, there's some cliche paint-by-the-numbers moments. Mm-hmm. But then there's some great stuff. I mean, Kelsey Grammer is great in it as this estranged father. And as we sort of, no spoilers here, but like we unpack where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they put in, right? So they do this cruise ship thing of they all sit at their assigned seating. So then they become friends. So this whole group is sort of in on everything. Everyone's either like on an anniversary or they're newlyweds or whatever. And then here's this father daughter common that's. Mm-hmm. So. But there's some really there's some really touching moments in it. I was like, wow! It felt like, and it really, we, we, we talk a lot about uh, some of these Netflix movies. Feel like they just couldn't have been sold anywhere else, and so Netflix mm-hmm. is just picking them up. Right. Um, the the Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. But this felt like oh, this was really neat. It's Seth Rogen's wife directed it. Yes. Uh, Lauren Miller Rogan mm-hmm. and uh, you know Seth Rogen. It's not all about him as he's a small little character. And I, I like the trivia where uh, Jeff is, his character's name is Jeff. He's offered to smoke a joint in Jamaica. He declines it and claimed he's never smoked anything in his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> that was just such a fun little inside joke, like That's this notorious for, stoner. For Seth Rogen now, at this yeah. point in his career, he can, he can now do the self-parody thing. Yeah. He's <laughs> so famous for doing something off camera. So, but it but was, you know, uh, there's a couple of cliche supporting cast members, but... Don't you need that though? But I, I, was just, those movies. I was just going to say it works so well. I feel like now too, there's we have kind of decided we like when there's comedy and it has heart, mm-hmm. and even if it's cliche, it still works because we still like it. You know, yeah, it even if you know, work. even if you know, like in these like rom coms where you know exactly what's going to happen, right? You're like. You're still like, this is great. I wanted them to get together, or exactly. you know. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. the same. And they use a rom-com formula. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. It's fine. They, they, you know, they estrange. They get thing, and there's a fight and a thing, and a, you know. But you know, I mean, this isn't a spoiler well, alert. This isn't. You know how the ending. Well, it's know? like I, I recently watched The Greatest Showman, which right. I really liked, and a lot of people really liked it, and you know. And a lot of people hated it. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was one of those movies that was polarizing. 
that I couldn't figure out why it was polarizing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you know it's a musical <laughs> drama about you know you know P. T. Barnum. Like yeah. why would this make you love it or hate it? <laughs> but because well, we have to love or hate everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have we have to just separate. But I feel like there's there's something too that like a boy with a dream. And we we should we you you, you can, okay you can like that like, yeah. it's okay to like that <laughs> and, and honestly too this was the perfect streaming movie I'm sure mm-hmm. if you went and spent all this time and money to see this in a theater paid a you, babysitter paid a babysitter <laughs> yeah that you might be like <sighs> and we're now that we understand that that's a thing we can do mm-hmm. we're. I'll find myself saying I'm in the mood for that specifically. Yes, yes. Something that's 90 minutes that's like, it's fun. And you it's, could just turn it off it's after fun, five minutes. And it's right. And it's bad. Yeah. yeah, if it blows, yeah, you're right. not stuck and there going, man. Now I got to go to the front and ask for my money back. I got to go to the money back. <laughs> or Remember those days? Or yeah. I got to stick through this or whatever. So it was that perfect thing. I was just sort of at yeah. home. I had some time and I was like, I'm going to watch this. And I watched it over two days. Like I can mm-hmm. do that thing. Like I'm going to watch 40 minutes. I did the same thing with uh, Abiza on Netflix mm-hmm. too. It was like, again, 90 minute fun, like fun enough. You know, it wasn't like I didn't have to waste all my time, waste all my money. Mm-hmm. And at Netflix, it feels like it's free to us. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what they <laughs> want you to think. Most people, it is free. <laughs> yeah. And, $140 a year. It's mm-hmm. not free. <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, if you're in that mood mm-hmm. and you want some sort of, you know, it's like when you're watching a movie, you're like, I know the good guys are going to win. Yeah. You know, like they're going to solve that? the crime. It's about, they're going to, yeah. whatever. How, like, all right, let's do it. I feel like it's about accepting So the casting it. was good too, right? They're mm-hmm. great. Like Kelsey was, Kelsey Grammer was good. He was, was the really father, good. You said. And uh, I'm blanking on the actress's name from uh, uh, Forgetting Mars. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, mm-hmm. Veronica, yeah Veronica yeah. Mars. Uh, Wait, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Frozen. What's her name? Kristen Bell. Yeah. Kristen Bell. Yes. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's great as the... You know, and and she's the workaholic and the thing, you know, like, and, you know, the left at the altar rom-com, you know, we've seen that a million times. And this, I was like, how are they? And I was like, oh. Put it on a boat. Kind of makes sense. You know, like (laughs) the the believability of that. Yeah. Like every time there started to be some like, that would never happen. There was, they would put some little thing and they're like, oh, okay, that's. So they were cognizant of it. They were. They were very cognizant of it. Mm -hmm. And, and. This is the perfect ninety-minute streaming yeah, big budget lifetime movies with with yeah. high caliber <laughs> actors. Yes, yeah. That's a great way yeah. to put it. Because <laughs> I know someone who writes. He does like doctoring for lifetime movies, and mm-hmm. he says that you are not allowed to be a writer on it. Like they just give you the formula, and they've hired you to write that formula in a few weeks, and then they go and make that movie. Yeah. So these are kind of that, but with Kelsey Grammer, who's an amazing actor, and Kristen Bell, who's a great actress, and yeah. And I feel like, too, the whole movie takes place on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. I gotta feel like, I gotta feel like they went, hey, you know, what if we kicked in a little yeah. bit? Would you guys... Uh... Oh, so, so it wasn't like a, a fake cruise ship name? No. no. And boy, they did every activity that comes yeah. in your all-inclusive trip, Chris. I mean, it's really... So it's... I'm gonna guess maybe you got to see the logo a few times? A couple, three times. I got to see every activity that is available on one of their fine cruise lines. It's like Sandler saying he does the movies so that he can go to Hawaii or Visit he can go to Africa. Africa. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what this was too. Someone, mm-hmm. Royal Caribbean said, you know, we'll put the cast and crew up. You guys get a cruise. Like Kelsey mm-hmm. Grammer's like, I love cruise. It was like yeah. uh, what, Morgan Spurlock's documentary, The Greatest Movie Ever Sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was, <laughs> that's what like, this was. I yeah. think. And they're like, you know, 
this Tom Wonderful th- presents this yeah. big this big moment between the father and the daughter. Well, we could do it in a restaurant or we could do it in a lagoon. So I was like, <laughs> why don't we do it there? You know, yeah. so. <laughs> hey, okay, why not? All right. Mm. You know, we'll just have turquoise water and bikinis. Yeah. That'll be Private better. lagoon with a waterfall. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> where it happened. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice plug for cruise ships. <laughs> so I saw it also a stream movie on the same service called Flavors of Youth. Oh. This was an anime movie. Um, made by the people who did uh, Your Name, which I loved, and my kids loved it too, which was a really interesting anime movie about uh, two basically teenagers who body swap, but they can communicate with each other. Okay. And then it also goes into like a science fiction time travel movie too, oh, but it I does it that. in like a really cool, believable way. So when I saw, oh, these this studio made another film, I saw it. This one's a little different. It's actually an anthology where it's three separate short stories about life in China. So it's always interesting, like when you see an anime, you're like, oh, well, this is clearly set in Japan. I'm like, oh no, they're setting it in China this time. Yeah. Shake it up a little. Uh, but the first, um, the first story was really interesting. It set up um, basically somebody reminiscing about their childhood and about the food that they ate as a child and how that kind of defined them growing up and as they uh, looked at adulthood, like through a meal or a, a certain food, which I thought was really interesting, especially to be done in an anime style. It actually reminded me of, and this is a weird connection to make, but if you guys ever read Dandelion Wine by Ray Bradbury, and it what it does is it goes through his um, youth growing up in the summer. It's a very specific thing. The sights, sounds, smells of him growing up uh, from everything from what they ate to way the, the way the grass smelled when people were cutting it. And this really felt like an anime version of that, like the first part of it. I mean, these are slow. My kids were bored. These are dramas. These are romantic, um, you know, stories and uh, coming of age stories. And they tuned out almost immediately. Uh, but I was I was really intrigued by it because what I love when anime does is it goes into areas that anime doesn't normally do. Right. Like, you know, some, you know, really cool retrospective about growing up and what it was like to be young in a specific part of town and what you were eating uh, and make that a metaphor for how you are as an adult, I thought was really interesting. I feel like so. that's so important now, too, because everyone's saying the whole, we've seen it before. Right, so yeah, right. to do mm-hmm. to do something different is good, unless, yeah. like what you're saying, when you're yeah. in the mood for that specific <laughs> yeah. category. Well, of, in anime, too. I know what I'm going to get. <laughs> doing it in that kind of way, yeah. I think, causes the audience to focus more when they... Because when you just do it realistically with mm-hmm. actors, and I mean the the best I've seen when with doing the nostalgia, talking mm-hmm. about youth, and is Master of None actually recently mm-hmm. with the way he does those flashbacks in that in that series. But I think when you do it in the cartoon form, it kind of takes on a new life and almost is more realistic in a right. way mm-hmm. because you're seeing it through an emotional lens rather than yeah, yeah. It, it really felt that way. And uh, the second story was more about like a uh, a, a model who was aging and then you know the younger models were coming up after and she realized that she had a very short shelf life which Mm -hmm. is something we've seen a lot of times before so that was kind of the flattest of the three and then the third one was really interesting it was uh it it goes exactly to what you were talking about with the last movie whereas it's a uh, it's a romantic coming of age story you want these two people to get together you've seen it a million times but it has that charm and magic to it where you're like no you're you're still you're rooting for him you want it to happen and uh they it was almost like a period piece where they 
recorded message messages to each other on cassette tapes and would give them to each other and then that's how they kind of conveyed their feelings as they were growing up um i like that so it was uh that was probably my favorite one the third one and then um but it was it's a short film it's like these mm. you know three shorts put together i think it's you know even under an hour and a half all combined all to- all total. yeah all total but the animation is beautiful it's got great production value um you know every every shot is really just carefully kind of uh, almost just like meticulously put together like the animators really um, yeah they say it's an hour and 14 time. minutes yeah yeah they, they went that extra time of like even if it's just a uh, a landscape or a uh, a scene that's kind of like an establishing shot very detailed you know evokes a mood like really a lot of love went into this film for sure so but you know when you have an anthology they're not all going to be you know amazing that's just what you get when you have an anthology so uh, I thought out of the three, uh, one was really good, one was good, and one was okay. But it wasn't one that you went, "Oh my God, this That's is not awful. bad." Though. Yeah, yeah, this is it's good. So it's definitely worth a uh, worth a view. Especially, I will recommend if you can catch your name somewhere. Uh, that's kind of hard to find, but if you can, it was really good. Okay. So, um, and then uh, I saw a couple other uh, animated movies. I saw Batman versus Two Face and Batman and Harley Quinn, two very different Batman movies. Batman versus Two Face was uh, another. Uh, movie in the world of the 1960s Batman, Adam West, Burt Ward, Julie uh, Newmar, all mm-hmm. did voices. William Shatner does Two Face, oh, so wow. it's all Whoa. a great 60s throwback oh, type. Flip a of, coin. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like? It was exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> does he just go into one of his songs from his album? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> so to yourself on a boat on a river. You know, so it was one of those movies that I'm watching. I'm like, if anybody didn't watch the 60s Batman, they're gonna have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> like, there's no. They're not gonna get why it's funny. They're not gonna get like, well, this is this is stupid unfunny batman they're not, they're not going to get the camp because the humor was very specific on that show mm-hmm. it wasn't like uh set up punchline set up punchline it was a very campy uh show where the the humor wasn't always as obvious like if you watch it now you realize what they were going for more than maybe if you saw it as a kid um so you know I, i'm watching this animated movie and it was really a uh um a tribute to that. It's really was. It was Adam West. He um, he finished recording this before he passed away, so we actually finished this film. But um, it, it's. I'd be curious to see if our fan, our younger fans who didn't grow up with the uh, show, if they watched it and if they enjoyed it or not, because they don't have that frame of reference. Like this was a very specific project. If you liked Batman, uh, the '60s version, I think you'll like this. If you don't. It's going to be harder to get into because oh, it's like, such a specific I, thing. I would watch those. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, like, I would, they're great. Mm-hmm. I, I got to meet him last. Adam West? Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Like, be, like right before he passed, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was that show, Powerless, that was on for a while, and mm-hmm. I was working on it. And he was uh, – It's the whole, the, the whole show was about – uh, Bruce Wayne's cousin Van Wayne, who sells insurance for superhero damages, <laughs> and so it was. I remember re- that. Show. Yeah, and it yeah. was great. Like it was a mm-hmm. fun show, and he was uh, he was a guest star on an episode, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Everyone was like so happy that he was there, and he was a jokester in person. Mm-hmm. I he, can see that. We were standing next to each other, like right before a scene was starting, and we we're in an elevator, and the doors closed, and he just leans to me and he goes. <gasps> 
what's my line again? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he doesn't. Oh, he this turned is. into the like, Seth MacFarlane version. I was, like, <laughs> no. I was like, this is, I was like, I, I can't help him right now. <laughs> and then he does the like, oh, I gotcha. I, like, yeah. he, was just, he was just messing with me. And then, and then I had a, obviously a moment of relief, but he was a great, mm-hmm. gr- that little interaction I had yeah. with someone, I mean, that made my day, you know? Because the, the movie really feels like a tribute to him. Like a tribute That's to Adam awesome. West. It really, That's it really amazing. felt that way. So if you're if you're a fan of the old school Batman, check it out. The other one is much more modern, Batman and Harley Quinn. Now Harley Quinn is actually a character that uh, was created for the Batman animated show mm-hmm. and then just blew up in the comics. She actually went in reverse. Like wow. normally, it's the you know the co- the comics yeah. are first, then the character. I didn't know that. Transferred to a TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was created specifically for the show and then just blew up. And now there's a million comics. Is about this it. one like in that? I watched the. The Killing Joke is that part of that same? No, what they look? do with the Batman animated movies is they mix up kind of like the worlds that they're in. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like you have like there's, and it's <laughs> you never know exactly which one it's going to be. Like Killing Joke kind of exists on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, where then you have the uh, there's DC animated movies where it's kind of like an extended universe. You have the Batman ones, then you have like Batman versus Two Face, which is 60s Batman. Then you mm-hmm. have this one, Batman and Harley Quinn, which is a. Um, an extension of the original Batman animated series. So the character oh, design is the same. The character voices are all the same. It's like Kevin Conroy and all right, the same right, right. people. So uh, Nightwing, although they um, they adult it up a little bit. Like, uh, you know, sure. uh, with Nightwing and Harley Quinn uh, kind of get together. Nice. And, uh, you know, they... Uh, <laughs> They, you so know, it's a rom com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's, uh, there's some, a little there's bit. A, there's a few suggestive scenes in it. All right, <laughs> love it. But uh, but it's really it's fun. It's funny. Uh, our friend Paget Brewster plays Poison Ivy. Oh, cool. She does a really good job. Oh, she's great. And uh, uh, so it's two very different Batman animated movies, which I find very interesting. It's like they can't get the live action shit right, but they're doing all these different interesting <laughs> things in the uh, Batman animated universes. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, you've got, you know, okay, you can do the Adam West Batman. You could do the the um, Batman animated series Batman. Then you can do, like, the more grittier Batman and Son and with Damien. And, That'd be and a fun Rachel live Ghoul action one to things. mix all of the different worlds into one, and then all of the different Batmans run into each other. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the movie to get it right. <laughs> that would be really cool. They, that's got to be in development down there somewhere at uh, DC Animation. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so definitely, you know, but I enjoy both of them. Okay. So, so check them out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I just want to ask real quick, Grant and Peter, have there anything recently you guys have seen that is, that stood out to you that you really like? I, um, let's see. Can you confirm yeah. or deny you've seen Mission Impossible <laughs> and Fallout? I had a dream about Tom Cruise. I'll talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I saw, I saw an interesting documentary. I watched this morning, actually, uh, the new Chris Bell documentary, A Leaf of Faith. It's about Kratom or Kratom. I don't know how people pronounce it. I don't know what that is. Uh, Chris, <laughs> do you know Chris Bell? He did the uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster documentary yes, and yes. Trophy Kids and uh, Prescription Thugs. And now he's doing this one. It just, I think it just came out today on Netflix, streaming on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. What, what is it? It's Krat. It's Kratom. It's a leaf um, that they're kind of claiming is... I think it's from Indonesia and it's a mm-hmm. leaf that's been people have been taking for hundreds of years. They chew it or they grind it up and make like a tea out of it, but mm-hmm. it's basically something the argument is that it's something safer than this opioid crisis that we have in America that everyone's taking all this crap for and dying every year from. And uh it's really interesting because 
we don't know much about it. People are taking it. I found out in the documentary that you can buy it like at just a smoke shop or behind. It looks like those supplements that are in like oh, a so you little... can get it here now. I don't and know. It makes you high or no, no, no. See, that's the thing. It's not. It's not a drug to make you high. It's something mm-hmm. to combat like pain, but it's not. It doesn't have. From what I understand, it doesn't have psychoactive effects. And it's not a highly because. It, like oxycontin is basically just heroin yeah so it's uh, from what i understand it's not but there is a part in that film where they kind of tackle that like what makes something you know like wh- why you're taking it makes it addictive versus just i don't know so hmm. but it's i watched that and it's pretty pretty interesting i mean i like all of his documentaries anyway that's so, fascinating yeah that's the thing wild we're in and, and eric griffin said this at the at the show um a dynasty that we're in like the golden age of documentaries yeah mm-hmm. because i think the cameras are so cheap now and you can make you can make a movie for 30 40 grand or whatever that like the documentaries when you have an avenue yeah now you have an avenue right to, if you want right. to say something you can say it to everyone and people can if it's interesting they'll you, find out about yeah, it yeah you can put it on the internet which is before documentaries were only like art houses and mm-hmm. colleges They're or hard whatever to be hard and, hard and to it would find. have been so impossible thinking about making a documentary in the 60s and 70s before <laughs> the internet like mm-hmm. i made a documentary a few years ago and there was a ton of archival footage in it and i don't know how i would have done it without the internet Mm-hmm. Well, you watch the, I mean, that's why there was a handful of documentaries that came out in the 60s and 70s, and they were very, like, funded by news organizations or something mm-hmm. like that. They were very sort of journalistic. It wasn't right. until Thin Blue Line, the Errol Morris one, that mm-hmm. they really sort of changed to being entertainment yeah. in a good way. Like, they could be entertaining, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Mm. For me, I saw Hereditary and Isle of Dogs, and I think those were probably my two favorites of the year so far. Now, I can confirm I saw Isle of Dogs. Loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Everyone says it's great. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it yet, but everyone says it's great. You know, great. you'll especially like it because it's got a, um, a Japanese flair to it. Like, uh, it was one of those <laughs> things that, uh, even though it's about dogs in a trash island, it had that... Uh, that, that it had like this Japanese culture uh, feel to it. It was really cool. It's cool mm-hmm. to see Wes Anderson too to be able to kind of control every single shot exactly how he wants to. Because mm-hmm. even if you watch Grand Budapest Hotel or any of his other movies, you can see the level. I don't know how he does it, how he's able to control every frame so well, but he can even take it that one step further right. with animation. Well, it's, uh, we had one guest on. We haven't seen Hereditary, but uh, he said it was so scary that uh, he's like, well, you know, he, he put it a very subtle way. He's like, well, you know, when I went to bed that night, I did leave the light on a little longer than I would have. <laughs> well, I was just impressed it didn't completely fall apart at the end because so many horror movies are so great. And then the last 30 minutes, they either overexplain what was happening or they go into some weird supernatural realm that, like, takes you out of the realness of the world. But this one kind of did all of it and somehow was like the perfect ending to a horror movie oh cool so i want to check it out for yeah, sure for sure check it mm-hmm. out it's great all right. and uh, all right well we've got some sponsors today well, look at that now yeah we uh we're gonna talk about zip recruiter well, Graham, you it. know how hard it is to hire somebody it's impossible yeah it's uh every business needs great people and um there needs to be a better way to find them you know something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right person to see it ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how to find them. So what they do 
is uh, you join ZipRecruiter, then they post your job to all these different job sites at once. You don't have to go to like individually to each one. It, it's, it saves a ton of time. If you're, if you're running a small business, mm -hmm. this is the way to do it. You don't have yeah. the money to hire like a headhunter or something like that, mm -hmm. you go ZipRecruiter. And they can even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a uh, great match. So, but you know, we want you guys to try it for free. You know, we know a lot of you listening have small businesses, so it's a great place to uh, start, to, especially when you're expanding to where you need to hire people. Uh, right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's written down three times on the copy. <laughs> I, I figured you weren't like having a seizure. <laughs> uh, so Patreon so, sponsors. Yes, we got some Patreon sponsors. Uh, we got our um, our two mainstays. The mainstays, mm -hmm. Johnny Rulon. Johnny Rulon. Look, you didn't even have to look him up. You knew it was Johnny right Rulon. Yeah, he's promoting his novel Green Cheek, a junkie's guide to street magic. It's available on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an extreme of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. Happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And our favorite uh, uh, performing arts charity, the Audacity Performing Arts Project, produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Check them out at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And, uh, you know, we were talking about your uh, movie earlier about uh, where it's, uh, it's on iTunes now, but you can get it rental and purchase right now? I believe so. Okay. Don't quote if me. If not, it's, it's purchased, but it will be available. It will be. Right? Yeah, it's coming up. So uh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, the film is that, uh, you know, we never really actually said what you guys did on it. Uh, Peter, you were the writer and director, and uh, Grant, you were the um, actor slash producer. Mm -hmm. So, um, how did you? Let me ask you guys this: How did you guys come together to, to make this project? Have you done other stuff in the past? We've known each other since second grade. grade <laughs> wow! Mm -hmm. So we've made stuff in the past, and it's always been from kind third of like, grade on, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much eighth we, grade. Yeah, we did mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we got the shittiness out of the way in, <laughs> in grade school. We were always blessed to have teachers that would just kind of let us do what. Here's the cam here's the school's camera, or whatever, and do whatever yeah. you want. There was always a group of us that were doing that kind of stuff together. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But that's how it has to. He's right, though. That's really is kind of the hidden ingredient that you can't you can't really f uh, make that happen. It has to kind of happen where you have someone outside of your family you have to have a you, you sort of have to have a, a supportive family that helps but i think there has to be someone who's not your parent who's like older than you and is like hey go and do this yeah and that's okay that you want to do that because but I not think, in a creepy way no not in a creepy yeah. way. no no hands on lower backs or none of that stuff but. here's a gun go do what you yeah. want <laughs> I support Follow you. Bring heart. me back. But it's nice to not have like a structure in the right. beginning because mm -hmm. then you, as a child, you're allowed to just explore all these mm -hmm. ideas that you have and no one's telling you not to do it. Right. We had one of those Brownie Super 8 cameras and my brother and I would just go make crazy things. Like yeah. We would edit in awesome. camera. And, cause and there was no one there to say, oh, maybe keep that shot a little shorter. No. You know yeah. I mean? It was just like, <laughs> we're, doing it, we're doing it this way. You need coverage, son. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember, you know, the Bolexes, you would just wind. Wind them? Like, all right, you've got, you know, how many seconds for a shot before the winding runs out? Yeah. yeah and that's it. I think we mm -hmm. were the last generation to 
to have to edit off of tape like mm-hmm. yeah, not even because yeah. we in grade school we had another friend and we would go to his house and we'd make movies off off we'd make them on the vhs and then we'd have to sit there and it was almost like vhs film. C. yeah mm-hmm. right. wow. that was the smaller ones yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. people we were the last generation to not have cell phones mm-hmm. to not have all that like right. when we started out and it's kind of interesting now that uh people there's that's why we don't consider ourselves being lumped in with millennials. We're in our 30s, but we made that, like, transition. Right. <laughs> well, like, we were part of going, like, not knowing what it's not, like, not having cell phones, like you said. Well, yeah, and when we were in high school, we had a group of, like, five friends, and we were the only people in the entire school making movies. And now I feel like it's, like, 80% of people are making films, and it's, oh, like... Oh, right, right. No, you're just... You have this HD thing in your pocket that the can technologically, just, yeah. the barrier is just down. Yeah. Now I'll ask you guys this because uh, Graham and I did this in in film school. Did you ever um, cut actual film with like a razor blade? No. Nope. That was I think we were the last generation we were the last to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we had a no. flatbed editor and you had yep. to cut your scenes and you had to hang like. Because we did a mm-hmm. we did a film a short film on on thirty five millimeter, a but few, yeah, a few years before this one mm-hmm. yeah. in twenty twelve. And everyone was thought it was like crazy at that time because you're like you can use digital cameras now, you know. And we're like, yeah, but we want it to it look. Still looks awesome. better. Right? It <laughs> looks so good. I know. And uh, true. The irony is that we convert it to digital. To edit <laughs> you can turn it yeah. to, to, edit, to, edit, to edit, edit it, and that's you know, that's a but, good that's a good you know compromise. But I mm-hmm. still think that it, film. People say you can't tell the difference, but mm, I, I can. it's different. It looks so good. <laughs> it's getting yeah. close. It's getting yeah. close, but still lacking the warmth. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna film. say it's so. Mm-hmm. 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 feels yep. so good like I remember uh, when I made the short film Hit Clown that's on the um, CFN YouTube site is uh, you know I wanted to get it submitted for an Academy Award like for the short film section mm-hmm. and uh, that's when they had all these crazy archaic rules it not only had to um, screen at a theater it had to be a film print so I actually had to do go to a negative cutter and make an actual wow. film print of the movie <laughs> Just to qualify it for the, uh, you know, for the Academy Awards, so it was just to, just to submit it. So, but the, you know, and then of course, like a year or two after that, like, oh, all those rules have gone away. I'm like, really? Yeah. Well, that would have saved me <laughs> hundreds re- and hundreds of dollars. I, yeah. re- I remember <laughs> when we did that, though, how paranoid both of us were because we never like handled film before. And we were driving the equipment truck back and forth from LA mm-hmm. and we were just like I was we was a rental and we we're sitting with these boxes stacked up like hoping That's that the whole movie. we didn't have to slam on the brakes and they fly <laughs> through the windshield and then we run over it and then look in the back and it just blows up on the yeah. freeway I will you're say like, checking, though did we get insurance production insurance I the, will say no it's it's much scarier now though when you're on set and you're dumping cards and then you have to erase those oh, cards and you so. hope that when you get home the the hard drives aren't corrupted yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there goes all yeah that i footage. was i was editing something yeah. the other day and my hard drive just stopped what it <laughs> yeah. just it wouldn't mount it wouldn't i had to go to a data recovery place but right i mean the things that go through your mind when you're like oh, and you're like yeah. was there something else on that drive when it's just like like he said it's just gone it's just mm-hmm. like just disappeared meanwhile i have all the film from everything that i've yeah. ever shot on film and it's just there and it's perfect it's yeah. crazy mm-hmm. we we lost um the B and C cameras on one of the cr- critical interviews uh, for earbuds. <laughs> and all we had was the A single, the single camera and thank God, but it was like, we shot it in Japan 
with uh, Sanai, Sandy, big fan Japan. Um, we actually, that was where we're thinking about, well, maybe we should make a claim because we did. It's for lost footage. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, and we were like, we were back shooting in Indiana, and I remember the crew told me this, and I was like, so let me see if I got this right. <laughs> and they were like, the, the most important shot of the movie, the one shot we cannot duplicate. This isn't like one of the comics in L.A. We could, all right, right we'll go right, back. Right. Like with someone who's not a performer, who like, you know, to, to, in that documentary, interviewing the non-performers to get them, that, that's a thing. Like yeah. if it was one of the comics, I could, we could duplicate that and just say, right. yeah, they're performers. And it was like, Japan, we have no, we barely had the money to go do that. And I was like, we only have one camera angle. And they're like, yeah. And I go, and. And, and it's of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. They wanted to get that. And that was all shot. digital. I remember it was all that. Digital. I remember just, getting that phone call from you. And it was just like, I literally had to go. And I was like, I had to, I had to go, okay. And I literally had nothing to say. And these, this crew, all these young guys were all just looking at me like, I accept this. Is he going to blow up? Is he going <laughs> to like, I just kind of went, okay. I'm such, I'm such a fan of just hard copies when it comes to anything. Yeah. Like, mm. like I printed out our email today. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I know that's in the cloud. Cause right? you know, yeah. you know, cause my, my thought was like, well, I have, I have it on my phone obviously, but mm. what happens when it's not on my phone? Yeah. Where mm -hmm. is the address? Did yeah. I, you know, you have I a mean, hard, yeah. Like we have some guests. We kind of, I print out memes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it was a crazy thing. And yeah. And honestly, the single shot was fine and it's cool. And it's, it's a beautiful storyline and everything. But I was just like, it was, it was it's really, hard. it was really hard. And I mm. like, I, I, I had to call Chris and I was, yeah. <laughs> and they, these crew guys, I'll give them credit. They were like, man, we checked. We're sorry. We, you know, this tech thing happened. We backed, mm. we, they were backing up everything and yep. just some fucking crazy Ugh. tech thing happened. Right. You know? And I was just like, <laughs> you took your crew out for a public execution after that, right? <laughs> I didn't talk to him <laughs> after shooting for like a couple of days. Yeah. And I was just like, Cooling shooting. Off, usually we'd go like, after shooting, I'll, I'll go out to eat. I was just like, here's some cash for dinner. And I was <laughs> here's your fucking per diem. <laughs> I remember one face. of the other guys came in the room and after he goes, Graham, you know, these guys, they feel bad. And like, we were already in another city and, and, you know, they need a pep talk, you know? And mm -hmm. I said, okay, they're not getting one tonight because <laughs> I'm just not in a place to give mm -hmm. one tonight. But then I remember after we were getting done shooting and I went to a movie and then the next morning was our last shoot day for the whole thing. And they really, they had done yeah. an amazing job. It wasn't like, oh, we got high and fucked up. Like, no. yeah. it yeah. was just one of those things that happened. And the whole interview we did use, there was one, they, we had the A-cam, so it worked. Yeah. But I, 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 a couple of days. Then the next morning, I was like, "Guys, you've got a great job, and they are great guys. They're guys I would hire again." But I remember that just being like, "We should <laughs> launch that's something." Bring, no one wants to deal with. No. Yeah. <laughs> bring back the hard ca copies campaign. I think we should. Launch <laughs> that. I'm, I'm, the HCC. I'm, I'm still not. Yeah. I'm still not over. Let's kickstart analog. <laughs> Let's do it now. I'm still not over blockbuster being gone. I, know, I, don't, I think it's coming back. Don't, not blockbuster, yeah. but I think that there's going to be a kind of <clears throat> offlining well, coming up in the next like 10 years. Street, street, As like kind of like a rebound of what's all happened. All it's going to take mm -hmm. is some massive 
iCloud corruption yeah. hack and, and five, yeah. 10 million people lose all of Everything. this stuff. Well, people, people already go left Facebook at what it was like 6% pe yeah. of people left Facebook over like them sharing that information. You know, like, <laughs> like streaming is great. Like there's no, no doubt about that. But um, I tell my wife, I'm like, I can't trust that HBO or one, some of these is going to stream it all the way through when I know if I buy a DVD, it'll still, it'll, it won't let me down. Yeah. You know? And, uh, we still, every once in a while, we'll go buy a, a new Blu-ray. I feel like I'm the only one buying a Blu-ray and CDs. Like, I'm, like, still buying CDs. Me too. Yeah. I like them. I'm like, all right, I mean, well, yeah, I'll digitize yeah. them and put them into, you know, my well, phone. But what if, what if it gets erased? Then uh, well, It's you know. also, there's something human about going and picking something up and looking oh, at it. Oh, God, and it's like, the best. Like, when you go to Blockbuster and you're there and you're looking at the movies, it's so different than looking, scrolling through thousands right. on Netflix. It was such an amazing experience to do that. And now, well, you have the red box where if there's, like, one person in front of you, the store's busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and even that, yeah. it's still like a touch screen. But like what he's saying is that like holding it, even the same with books. You know? Just yeah. like well, you general. know, vinyl has made a comeback yeah. sure with has. music. And I think people there is are, that longing for it. People yeah. are going to go offline in the next 10 years and it's going to be a return, a, a concerted return to, I don't want to be on the grid. I don't want like to mm -hmm. people to know my every move all the time. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It's people weird can that see your viewing habits and stuff on certain websites. It's weird it's that like, it's yeah. got to that point where it's like liberating to I'm not my phone's not on me for an right. we hour. We were talking on the show, Brett Weinbach, who doesn't have a cell phone. And I remember I saw him at a comedy festival and I was like, Hey dude, you gotta come on what's your cell? And he goes, I have a home phone number. And I have, I don't have a laptop or a smartphone. I have a, a desktop. A landline. A landline and a desktop computer. So when I'm at home, I'll answer some emails. I'll return my phone calls. And then, and I was like, oh, I like, I was like, you're, you're my hero. And he's, yeah. probably, and he's probably so good about That's doing considered that off work the grid. too. Right. Because <laughs> you do it once a day. Because it gets to the point where the people that like, it, it is so accessible, they never respond. Or it's Shit like, falls through the cracks. Or it's just like constantly everyone going, sorry for the delayed response. Well, let's right. imagine. <laughs> let's, exactly. Let's imagine you're like a really important person. You're like the C, you're Spielberg, you're the CEO of Amblin. If you are going to work, you're going to the office, you are reachable at that office. And then if you go home and someone's called your home phone number, you are still always reachable. So there's no like, oh, well, I'm... Steven Spielberg, I need to be available all the time. First of all, he's not even answering calls anymore. I, I doubt he, those are the people who actually don't ever answer their phone. Like, I just feel like it's, we've gone way too far with it. No, but it's the thing you said though. So, so what Brent and we, we were at, we asked him this on the, on the episode and he explained, he goes, and he was, he probably gets more done because he goes, I sit yep. down at my desk. I, you know, I go through it's my reserved voicemails. for that. That time, time is reserved for that. As opposed to having it in your pocket I, oh, I all day. To, I have to answer can... emails while I'm waiting at the bank or I got like all mm -hmm. this. No, that happens during these times in this place. And I, I need like, to do a story. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and he, I get, and I'm sure he, he, I'm sure he has like the most comprehensive emails too, because sure. he's focused and they're detailed as opposed to the in line, just K thanks. Yeah, <laughs> some misspelled like Which now when Gmail you asked him like three different questions. Yeah, Gmail like, now. Kidding. If you guys have the Gmail app, it'll actually just form a response for yeah. you. Yeah, so the I'll new open one, my email the updated it'll go, one. Okay, thanks. It'll or, say that sounds good. There, you Great. get like three or four options oh now God. on Gmail, 
And I was like, am I going to be that person that uses that? That's I not do. even me talking now. <laughs> Just some robot speaking Yeah, for it like has like a little Sounds email like prepared. a good plan, bro. Wow. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. literally. It will read yeah. your email. See and at it the will club. Cal- it'll calculate a response. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's wild about it is it's, they're, they're reading the email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, you, you know, one of the things about the physical copies is that like when we did with earbuds when we made the dvd is we made it specifically like it was a cool case that would open and we put on the side a place to actually get autographs for all the podcasters and comedians awesome. that were there so people when you buy the uh, c- the dvd you can actually use it as something to collect autographs that's with. great well, i've noticed mm-hmm. more comics because that was a thing that was your comedian on the road you'd have your cd or dvd of your act and now everything's download digital so but fans still want that physical thing Absolutely. So I know some comics that have started to, with their new albums, make like a cool download card mm-hmm. that has a cool logo on it and you can autograph it and then it just has the, the URL on the back or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. I think I think a lot of people are, are they still want that that thing. Something in their hand. Because then, yeah. you know, I, I, one of the old Oprah episodes that <laughs> I watched, <laughs> one of the classics, uh, was one of the classics was about keeping stuff like that, like in your home, you know, because like you, t- there's a story behind it. Right. Like someone comes, they see something on the wall, and you're like, well, let me show you. Like this person, the author signed it, or mm-hmm. the performer signed, mm-hmm. and it's like that was this experience. Now it's like in your phone until your phone dies or it disappears. ones and zeros, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon and we're gonna be in blank rooms that just have no- nothing on the wall and then someone will just press a button and out comes the TV. But then <laughs> they close it and it's literally just empty. It's just a person standing We're all in the on standby mode yeah. just all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's watch some trailers. Let's watch some trailers. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of fun ones tuned up and ready to roll. I notice you guys don't wear your yeah. We don't. Your headphones. If you want, you can't. You know, yeah. Fuck. Feel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just trying to fit in. <laughs> it's kind of better without it, huh? All right. Here we go. Robert Redford is back. Old man hey, in the gun. Excuse me. Need some help? No, I'm good. Let me take a look. Sissy Spacon. You know anything about cars? Uh, no, not really. So, uh, what did you say you do? Well, that's a secret. And why is that? Well, because if I told you, you probably wouldn't want to see me again. Who said I was going to see you again? Would you? Well, let's take this place. Say it was a bank, and instead of that counter up there, that was really a teller's window. Did this movie get in Sunday? And you just walk in, real calm. (laughs) So you walk right up, look her in the eye, and you say, ma'am, this is a robbery. And you show her the gun, like this. And you say, I wouldn't want you to get hurt, because I like you. I like you a lot. So don't go breaking my heart now, okay? You're not serious. Uh, excuse me, I'd like to open up an account. Well, great. What type of account do you have in mind? This kind. This kind. He said he was armed. He had a gun. You saw it. Well, he was also sort of a gentleman. He was very <laughs> polite. He seemed like a nice enough fella. Look at that. Is he smiling? Gentleman bank robber. 93 robbers <laughs> in two years. You think you can catch him? Yeah, I won't lie. I'd love to slap the cuffs on myself. Let's hope I get the chance. Try another city, baby. Another town. He spent his whole life locked up, except for the times that he broke out. Somebody should have told him to quit while he was in. <laughs> well, you find something you love. I'm following down. I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
You're never exactly where you're supposed to be, are you? Now, whenever I close the door, I think, is this the last time I'll ever have a chance to do whatever that thing was? You know what I do when the door closes? I jump out the window. <laughs> Living is a gamble, baby. Loving is much the same. Danny Glover. Oh, Tom Waits, if he's in it, he's got to do a song in it. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not talking about making a living. I'm just talking about living. That looks great. I'm in. Yeah, is there any like way really... that he doesn't get nominated for Best Actor this year because it's his last <laughs> Very movie? Very unlikely. Because mm-hmm. he hasn't won Best Actor before, mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm still stuck on Danny Glover. Can we talk about <laughs> that for just one second? Because, A, he's not too old for this shit anymore. Right. <laughs> and um, he has anyone seen I don't know if he still does it, but he was doing those commercials for a while where it was for some disease or that people have where they have uncontrollable laughter or crying and the the set the setup it's called like apb or something it's it's something bulbar affect and he the 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 setup for this commercial was i'm an actor and when i act if i do this (laughs) or if i do this I'm totally in control. Wow, I don't think I saw this. I did not see this. And, this sounds and, crazier than the and Matthew then, and I'm like, McConaughey uh, Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's acting. You can have control of these emotions. And he says, but for some people, they cannot control it. And I was like, whoa, tell me more. It seemed like a Tim and Eric ad, but it was real. It wasn't <laughs> funny, though. The irony being that they couldn't <laughs> stop laughing yeah. or something. But I don't know. So he's, but now he's back. Well, this to me looks like um, uh, the Gray Fox. Richard Farnsworth did this yeah. movie in the '80s that I is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I got to see it on the big screen when it came out. If you've never seen it, it's it, it's not on like the AFI top one. It's just it's one of those movies that's great. The Gray Fox. The Gray Fox. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it. Feels he, like it's like that old school Hollywood. It is old school game. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Gray Fox was this premise of. Um, he was a stagecoach robber who had to go to jail for 50 years. When he comes out, it's after the Industrial Revolution. Mm. And he doesn't know what to do. So he goes starts robbing trains. And he's <laughs> oh, this gentlemanly guy. And that movie, The Great Fox, is shot in, in British Columbia. It's got beautiful sweeping shots. Do you know but, who directed it? Oh, man. I'd have to look it up. Uh, because I, I love Richard Farnsworth. It's... It's so great. It's basically, you know, when he was doing that late in his career, like when he was in The Natural, he played that mm-hmm. with Robert Redford. Um, straight Story. Yeah. The Gray... There it is. There it is, The Gray Fox. Came 82. out in 1982. Um, directed by Philip Bors- Borsos. Seven point. I mean, 7.6 is high for IMDb mm-hmm. for a movie yeah. that's not like that. That's well, not Marvel. That's not known <laughs> like modern day I have not heard of any of this guy's movies yeah the mean season he did one magic Christmas he didn't do it there's nothing nothing no, after 1995 yeah there's no he died in 95 yeah 41 whoa he died oh, in 41 young. he didn't have this like epic 
career as a director, but this movie, I would say watch The Gray Fox. I bring it up because that's what I was thinking when I just watched this man. Br- the watch even what you just said, like that was such a great hook though for mm-hmm. the film too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, that sounds like it would be on the AFI top 100. Right? Cause those are all so different. You know, like mm-hmm. the movies that in comparison to everything that you see now. And like, I feel like that's what movie people are always looking for, that different and, hook. And that's what this that sort sounds of- awesome. And this movie looks- I'm kind of pumped for it, yeah, I, and I yeah. love I you know it looks good. It's the director Sissy Spacek and it's the director who's uh, he did a few movies or two movies with Casey Affleck before he did like Ain't Them Body Saints and the oh. uh, Ghost Story last right. year. I think his name's David Lowry, but I haven't seen either of those. But they both looked very film like I don't want to say film school, but just cinema history like you're saying for this one. So, so not the Frank Sinatra Ghost Story. No, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Next one is uh, Peppermint with Jennifer Garner. Let's bring this up here. Ladies and gentlemen, Peppermint. Who's my girl? Ooh, starts with a first. Nice. My girl has whimsical music. Love in her heart. Yep. Snow Happy in her music. Eyes. Kid family scenes. Blood. What could Peppermint possibly go wrong? <laughs> no, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> oh. Whoa. I I was guessing no cancer. <laughs> not that. Yeah, no, it's not, yeah. not a machine gun. For your loss. We have three suspects in custody, but they're all linked to the Garcia cartel. Oh, so no this is Girl Punisher. To step up. <laughs> <laughs> These cartels are no joke. They've got everyone in their pockets. You've been through a terrible tragedy. Maybe you didn't see what you think you saw. That's him. Maybe you've made a mistake. Number three, number five, number four. They did it. Is it possible that your recollection isn't what you thought it was? The evidence is insufficient to hold the defendants over for trial. You think that you're going to have justice? Make them all pay. I like how they don't use his name. Yeah, it's some it. French yeah. name. It's like some long French name. Training. Well, that's new. You honestly think Riley North did this? Today's the five-year anniversary of her family's murder. She's back. Well, she did have that training from yeah, Alias. Judges. Yeah. Dirty cops. What do I want? I want justice. It's not a coincidence that makes this area low crime. It is low crime because of her. Hey, somebody's doing something. Find her. I don't care if you have to burn the city down. Watching someone take everything from you, not it turns you into somebody else. Social media is lit up with support for her. She's multiple homicides. Take a bunch of lines with the equalizer. And death wish. I also feel like this is a movie that Ben Affleck would have been in ten years ago, but now <laughs> she's now trying to mimic her ex-husband's career. I will kill every one of you, and then I'll pretty much wing it from there. Next, it'll be changing lanes too cool. with Jennifer Garner. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 you know, we we talk about this a lot on the show. Everybody's getting their own taken. Yep. <laughs> I'm all for it. And honestly, we're kind of suckers for him, so we'll probably go see this. How much money mm-hmm. would a movie with Oprah, but 
basically Oprah's taken. Oh, oh my would God. make a billion yeah. dollars. I would yeah, go easily. Back to easily. Overall, <laughs> 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 play, kind of playing her Oprah. like she was yeah. this beloved talk show host. Yeah. And then they took yeah. it all away. Yeah. She got she justice. breaks out the AK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's in like what she wore her like on her show. Yeah, yeah like mm. it's like in the middle of a show day. You get a bullet. You get a bullet. Oh yeah, that would make so much money. But you get a car. Yeah, (laughs) just slow mo Oprah. Just Oprah's Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Oprah's Rambo. That's it. Yeah, I would see that so hard. Yeah, are you watching Oprah? Oprah, mm-hmm. old man of the gun and peppermint. I'm, you, you, right. She listens to this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, well, she someone gets that from ping on her phone. <laughs> New episode available. <laughs> Everyone, hold on. Oprah, love to have you come on. Please do a taken. Yep, I love. That. We'll do a draft. <laughs> I love that. So, um, all right, on uh, DVD and Blu-ray coming up, we have a uh, book club. This is the. Um, uh, the movie where it's a uh, ladies have a book club and they talk about the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Oh. I mean, or uh, books. Diane Keaton, right? So yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Tag. Now Tag. Honestly, I thought this premise kind of looked funny, where they're you know a bunch of adults still playing tag like through people's weddings, and there's one guy that's really good at it. That's uh, Jeremy Renner. And uh, but I don't know. This movie just kind of came and went. It never. I didn't no. know. I didn't hear yeah. much about it at all. Yeah, well, yeah. There's this new trend in comedies too, where everything has to be in slow motion in the trailer. You have to cut to a guy like getting slapped, and it's right. in slow motion, which I don't quite understand. But well, moving on. Thank Sorry. Kevin James for that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here comes a boom. <laughs> all blurt. Yeah. Um, RBG. This is the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna check that out. And Mary Shelley. This was the uh, uh, the pretentious, <laughs> artsy uh, movie about. Uh, Mary Shelley and about her writing Frankenstein. But uh, check out the trailer because the trailer will make you probably pass on the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, you know, I thought it was a cool idea. Like mm-hmm. I'd love to see like more of her story and what inspired her to write the movie. But the trailer made me do want to do the opposite. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and fan feedback. Just want to say I put a poll up about a week or so ago on the Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite movies of the summer thus far? Uh, it's pretty interesting. Keep voting, and I will read those next week. I, I picked about 12, 12 oh, cool. from the summer. Yeah, so please uh, check out the uh, check out the poll. And uh, also premiering this week, you know, we're kind of in a dead zone now where it's like it's end of summer movies. Yeah, this happens but, every year. But not quite, you know, award movies. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, there's no more special effects to release the end of August. <laughs> there's no you more know. capes. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's no great acting. So now you're just going to have to... <laughs> you're going to have to watch Black Cat yeah. on iTunes. There you yeah. go. You're going to have to watch... Phil- we promise there's yeah. no capes in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, unless you're into puppets and robot dogs, you know, that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> check out Black Cat. Uh, so um, the movies premiering this week are Kin which is uh, a fascinating trailer. You have to check out this trailer because it, like, it really looks like... Uh, well, um, somebody got a hold of some foreign money and made a ridiculous movie that makes no sense. That's never uh, happened before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's like this weird. Somebody gets a hold of an alien gun and people are chasing them. And the, but that's well, clearly there's there must be more to this movie. I'm like, nope. Every scene is them being chased and him firing the alien gun. Yes. And that's it. That's yeah. literally the yes. entire movie. But and it's literally there. the same scene <laughs> over and over again in the trailer. And the um, the next movie is Operation Finale. So um, I don't know if this is kind of one that like, well, 
we'll kind of release it a little early about uh, you know finding Nazis with uh, Oscar Isaacs, or it's like didn't come out quite as good as we thought. We're going to release it before the awards movies. So. That's it. That's, that, <laughs> that, that's what happened. <laughs> Is it one of yeah. those that was made like four years ago too, and now that Oscar Isaac's, has, <laughs> I bet yeah, you that, yeah, that, that has, has that, that feel you know, to it. Like, there's a lot of those c- that come out, and you're like, wait, why is? Jessica Chastain in this movie, and it's like, oh, it was made in 2012. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and they're just not releasing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that well, is that's our show. Our show, mm-hmm. everybody. That was a super sized show. Big, big, high mm-hmm. octane one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, Grant and Peter, tell us the the movie where people can find it. You have a website for it. Anywhere they can track you guys down online. Just go to iTunes and search Black Cat. And uh, you'll see it. It's Grant, Gary, and Peter Party, and you'll be the names that come up. Mm-hmm. And the and, next uh, three people that buy anything in the store get a very cool um, commemorative black cat postcard. Oh, <laughs> so go get to, on it, people. Go to comedyfilmers.com. You buy some, you get a postcard, and then check out Black Cat. You guys, we talk about this a lot. You know, when you support an independent filmmaker, you're supporting independent artists. These guys scraped together the money and did a really cool thing and used. It's an achievement to make a film. It's you know? not it's, easy. Man. Thank you. you People know? forget it. It's it's a small business. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a different, not the type you're used to, mm-hmm. but it's a small business. It's not just turning on a camera. Yeah. No. With a thousand um, things that could go wrong every single day. And we tell people all <laughs> the time, like the the support means everything because they're literally helping dreams that were in our head come to life, mm-hmm. and you know. Not everyone has to, mm-hmm. but and it's a cool movie. I mean, it's it's it, really unique. It's it combines formats and it's it's kind of a very modern. People have oddly more recently have been comparing it to the Disaster Artist just because, and we never even thought about that because Disaster Artist wasn't out yet when we started writing this. And mm-hmm. but the idea of this filmmaker right. making a movie and the actor in our film, Doug Bennett, is just. He's so eccentric, and and you 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 like are not sure to watch him or not. It's like kind of a, his char- his character in it the feels film feels a little like a, too real, which yeah. is, works mm-hmm. for the movie. So yeah. it's it's Great. fun. We really like the movie, and we think we, again getting back to something being different. We mm-hmm. think it's uh, different, and that's, that's really why cool. people would be interested. Now, do you have a Black Cat website too? It's just I it's we, just, we have a Facebook page for it. Black, okay. Black mm-hmm. Cat, a film by Peter Pardini and Grant Gary. Right. And then you can follow each of us on like Instagram. Oh, That's great. where we post all the most recent stuff. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, check that out, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, support the Patreon. You know, like, subscribe, and positive reviews helps on the iTunes and all those little cool ways to support the show. And thanks again to everybody that came out, that Dynasty Typewriter. Yep. That was really awesome. And if you're a new listener and you want to check out some of the CFN merchandise, we have Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, the Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movie book and um, we also have uh, digital downloads that you could check out yeah. as well. So uh, there's uh, a lot of CFN stuff, and of course the new CFN uh, T-shirts that we got with the new logo, which came out really cool, so you want to cool. check that out. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to Grant Gary and Peter Pardini. Uh, thank you to, so Aaron, uh, I think he's um, he got arrested, so we have a different <laughs> uh, tech. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Emma Emma, thank you, Emma, and everybody here at All Things Comedy. Totally different staff on a Monday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my name like, is Grant. Yeah, she asked, are, are you guys live streaming? I'm like, oh, we haven't heard of that question in a no, long time. we haven't. Mm-hmm. How about it? Mm-hmm. Well, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini, and as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.